Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Good afternoon. Um, I've probably seen most of you, but well, maybe I haven't. Um, but for those of you who, have, who haven't met me or my family, I'm Freddie, as you we moved from Eastbourne, uh, now we're all there studying at Trinity College, but I'm Anglo-Indian, so I come from India, um, from a village sort of the northeast almost, very close to the Nepalese border. Um, want to find out more? Chat to me afterwards. Uh, but let's um, pray as we come to think about God's word together now. Speak, O oh Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us into the likeness of your Son, in and through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as most of you will know, we are in a new sermon series on the uh, topic of simplicity of living. And this afternoon we're going to be thinking about the simplicity of focus. You know, how do we go about simplifying our daily lives, the rhythms, the routines, the patterns of living that each one of us has to make space, to allow God to speak to us, to shape and bring about that deep and lasting transformation, lasting spiritual growth, not just individually, but also as a community of believers here at Redmond. But before we think about that any further, let me read to you from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, and verses 19 to 24. I think it goes on the screen. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I wonder if there are any bird watchers amongst us this afternoon. Oh yes, few hands going up. Brilliant, yes. Um, my in-laws have moved to Herefordshire in King Bolton, and we've been spending some time with them over the summer months. And just outside is a good few trees, lots of open space. And um, we saw this green woodpecker sort of, you know, fly up to the top of the tree. And I just need to get a closer look because they're just beautiful birds. And there were other birds, rooks and other things up there. We couldn't see very well. Now, anyone used one of these before? Bird watching? Yeah. Binoculars? Yeah. You sort of, you know, put it on your eyes like that. You've got a few, my nose had some. They bought it out and we sort of picked them up, up to the trees that have got into focus, and we were able to see the woodpeckers very clearly. Carol, my wife, spent um, quite a long time on the patio actually watching and just enjoying them. It was great, the little blue tits and great tits and all sorts of other birds suddenly came into focus. 
which we couldn't see just with our naked eyes before that. But the point of the binoculars is that it helps you to zero in on what we want to watch, doesn't it? Whether it's a bird or whatever else it might be. It helps you to focus, to see it more clearly. And in this passage from Matthew, Jesus is challenging us to think about what we are focusing on. Where's the focus of our lives, our hearts, our minds? Is it on possessions or is it on God? And so I've got three very simple words from the passage. I wonder whether you notice them. Three words to help us think about this together. Heart, eyes, and service. Did you notice that in the passage? So let's think about the first one, heart. And the Bible, the heart is the, the centre of your being. Um, and so in verses 19 to 21, Jesus wants us to examine what's in our heart. What are our hearts focused on? What's occupying that space? Is it earthly treasure or is it the things of this of God? Now, my Abigail uh, was given this little box for her birthday by her parents. And as you can see, she's done a pretty good job there. So that treasure box. I borrowed it from her. I thought I'd better ask before I just take it on for, for an illustration. And she's got various treasures. Oh dear, she's going to tell me for a sequin from missing. Various treasures in there. You know, if Elijah or Daniel takes one of these, she gets very cross because these are her treasures. And that's the picture we get here, don't we? Of treasures that sometimes our hearts get focused and fixated on. And Jesus is saying, actually, treasures, whatever they might be here on earth, they'll rust, they will leave them away, or thieves will break in and steal. They won't last. They might be with us for a short amount of time. Whatever that treasure might be, money, possessions, clothes, whatever it might be. You know, stuff gets broken, thieves break in, steal stuff. Cars break down, they don't last forever. Jesus says in all parts, ultimately, you can't really take it with you. He's saying, what's occupying your heart? What treasures are holding sway there? Is it the things of the world or is it the things of God? The things that matter to Him. You know, possessions are not bad in and of themselves. We all need various things to live our lives. You know, cars are important and good. My cars are broken down at the moment, so there's a bit of an inconvenience. But if my whole life revolved around the car, then that would be something's not right there. Is it? Jesus is giving us a better vision here. And he says, Strong for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust can't destroy, thieves can't break in and steal, treasure that will last. And he's inviting us to examine what are those things in our hearts that are taking up residence and holding sway. Asking us to take stock of those things. What's getting in the way of your relationship with Jesus on a day to day basis? You know, a little later on in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, we read about the parable of the pearl of great price. You know, it's a picture uh, of the kingdom of God. And in that parable, we read that this merchant sells everything he has to go and buy that pearl of great price. Jesus is beyond any earthly pearl or treasure. Are we willing to seek him 
wholeheartedly? Are we willing to let him be that treasure in our hearts? Someone said, the matter of the heart is, no, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. So we need to take a close look at our hearts and see what is clogging or cluttering it up. And what can we do about to make space for God to come in and dwell there? the heart. Secondly, eyes. We see that in verses 22 and 23. Now, I'm preparing a few props. When was the last time anyone used one of these? It's a bit of a story here. You won't believe it, but this lamp has travelled all the way from India with me, all the way from the village that I come from. About 50 pence or something like that. <laughs> but when I was growing up in India in this village, um, I was probably at least maybe 15 or 16 before we had made power electricity. So we'd have to use a lamp every evening for light. And I remember well trimming the wicks, putting the kerosene oil, that was sort of my job every evening to burn the lamp. Well, the lamp gives us light to see where we're going. You know, in ancient culture, that's what they use, and many parts of the world still use it today. It gives us light to see where we're going, we can see better. And here Jesus is saying that our eyes are like a lamp because they help us to see. You can think of our eyes as a way of showing us um, you know, where we need to go, assess the direction for where we are going. It's certainly good to be looking where you're going, isn't it, before you set off. It's also good to be looking at something before you buy something. So eyes help us. And now if we're setting the gaze of our eyes on good things, then good things will be the focus of our hearts. And if it's always on possession and stuff, then that's where we'll be drawn to. You know, remember the binoculars? So perhaps us to focus on the thing that we want to watch. We need to watch our eyes. What are our eyes focused on? Is it the things of God? Or is it the things of the world? Have any of you watched the um, Planet Earth series on BBC with David Attenborough? Anyone seen those? Yeah, yeah, a few hands going up. It's fantastic, it's absolutely spectacular. Yeah, we've seen it as well. And one of the series, uh, one of the episodes, features a comedian. Now, what's special about the comedian? Anyone tell me? Go on in. Uh, it can change color because it can change the distance between crystal and the earth. And I think that's how it works. That's very lovely. Yeah, that's absolutely spot on. They can change that color. But what else? There's something else really quite spectacular about comedians. Um, they can look two directions. Absolutely right. Well, you should come up here. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. That's spot on. They can. They can look two, uh, two different things at the same time. Really incredible. But unlike comedians, Jesus calls us to focus our spiritual eyes on the things of God, not on the things of the world. We can't have our eyes going off in two different directions because we're not spiritual comedians. That's not what God's made us for. 
You know, sometimes your eyes can feel, feel like they're full of gunk and matter and stuff. You know, have you woke up in the morning and you sort of tumble out of bed and you kind of rub your eyes and can't really focus in and then you go to the bathroom, you wash your eyes, clear it around, you can see nice and clear, don't you? Anyone ever had that experience or is it just me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. I guess the question to consider is, what matter, what gold is cluttering our eyes? What's taking our vision off of Jesus? Is it TV? Is it food, social media, hobbies, pride? All of these things can blur our vision and take our focus away from Jesus. And he's saying, you know, I long for you to focus your eyes on me towards good stuff. Focus your eyes to his God and be filled with the light of his love. And in and through the power of his spirit, we might draw closer to him and be more in tune with the things that are close to his heart so that he might make our hearts after his own heart. So we thought about our hearts, we thought about our eyes. Thirdly, let's think about service. In the final uh, verse of the reading, Jesus says, You can't serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and you despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Again, it reminds me of the comedian eyes. You can't serve God and money. It's just not possible because either you'll be devoted to one or the other. Now, of course, we all need money. We've got to pay our bills, you know, we've got to live our lives, we've got to buy food and all those good things. And you know, the Bible doesn't say that money is bad in and of itself. But it says it's the love of money that gets in the way. And that's what sort of draws us away from God and the things that matter to Him. The word master used there is, is used in the sense of being completely devoted to someone. And Jesus is saying, you can't be totally devoted to two things at the same time. You can't be sold up to God and say that you're sold up to money at the same time, because it's just not possible. Why? Because the pull of one is going to be stronger than the pull of the other. Um, it will be like somebody who's working for Apple and Google at the same time. They're saying that you're equal dedication and commitment. Really? I don't think so. Any football fans amongst us? Yeah, few hands. Yeah. Any Man U supporters? No, 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 not so. No. Well, reluctant hands going on, but you know you can't claim to be a Man United supporter and an Arsenal supporter, whatever it might be, at the same time. It's just not possible because you love the one, you know, hate the other. You can't say that you with your 100% support, it just doesn't work. And Jesus is saying that something has to give. Because either you're going to love the one and hate the other, or you're going to be devoted to the one and despise the other. So you can't do both at the same time. I guess a good question to ask is, who or what am I living for? You know, where am I finding my sense of worth and value? Is it in my job, in my hobby? In, in the possessions that I have, um, in, I don't know, investments, pensions, whatever it might be. Have these things 
begun to get in the way of our relationship with God. And if they have, then we've got to stop and reevaluate my life. Shift my focus back onto Jesus. Now Jesus, of course, you know, he's not saying possessions or money or anything like that, friendships, food, whatever it might be, is bad. He's not saying that. He's not saying that we should also give up our work, give away all our money, sell the car, sell the house, and go live like a hermit. He is not saying that. You know, God gives us good things. He provides all things necessary for us to live. He doesn't want to... I guess what he's saying is, if those possessions then begin to possess us, then that's where there's a disconnect. Jesus doesn't want to miss out. He doesn't want us to miss out on the real treasure that is him. He wants, to hold, wants us to hold things lightly. He wants us to remember that we are his sons and daughters, dearly loved by him. That he cares for us. That he provides for us. And that ultimately, he's the only one who can truly satisfy the deepest longings and the deepest desires of our hearts. You know, as St. Augustine said, he said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, that's in God. So we've thought about our heart, we've thought about our eyes, we've thought about service, and in all of this we're thinking, where is the focus of our hearts and minds and lives? Is it on Jesus, or is it on stuff and worldly things? And you're sitting there and saying, well, that's not very well, thank you very much, but actually how do I put this into practice? Well, I've got a few practical suggestions, um, but before I do that, the first thing to say is that in our discipleship, in our walk with the Lord Jesus, it's a lifelong process. It is a marathon, it's not a sprint, not a hundred meter dash. You know, we need to develop rhythms and patterns of living that will foster and that will enable us to create time and space to have fellowship with God, to worship Him, to hear from Him, to allow the Holy Spirit to shape us from within, to change us from within, to bring that transformation. We need to rest in God. We need to seek after Him. And God wants to be involved in every area of our lives. In our rest, in our recreation, in our work, in our families, in our hobbies, every area and aspect. Jesus wants to be involved. He wants to come alongside to show you a better way of living, how to live it. So how can we cultivate patterns of living that will help us to keep our eyes and our hearts focused on Jesus, on the things that matter to Him, so that our hearts then in turn would be shaped to be more like His. I'll just give three very simple practical suggestions. Firstly, one of my friends, if you came to the morning service, uh, Lizzie, another old man, um, suggested this as well. In your work day, can you set aside five minutes to spend with God? In prayer, or reading the scriptures, seeking after Him. Just five minutes. Perhaps you've got more than that, maybe you can do ten minutes or fifteen, but why not start to five? Just to use, read a portion of the Bible and pray and sit with God and allow Him to speak to you. Ask Him to show you the things that He wants to change. You know, if you're more used to using your smartphone, then there's an app called Five Psalms. You can download that, and every day it gives you five psalms. 
And maybe in that five minutes you could just go and read one of those songs and allow God to speak to you through that. Five minutes of your day. Think about that. Secondly, have you heard of the examine, the daily examine? Well, examine is an ignition technique of prayerful reflection on the events of the day in order to detect God's presence and to discern His direction for us. And it's most, most heavily done at the end of your day. Basically, it's an opportunity to just honestly reflect with God on the day that's gone by. To ask Him to show you the things that have been good and wholesome, that have drawn Him, drawn you to Him, or to show you things that have drawn you away from Him. And then ask Him to help you to refocus on Him. Usually it takes 10 or 15 minutes maximum. If you find that difficult to do just on your own, again, there's an app if you've got a smartphone, and it's called the Lectio 365 app. We'll mention it last Sunday. And it helps you to do something similar, just to reflect on the day that's gone by, to see where God's been at work in your life, or where you've been completely, you know, smothered with things running around like a headless chicken, not even pausing to pray or ask God for help and direction. And thirdly, are we spending too much time looking at screens? Too much TV, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it might be. How can we be more disciplined in this area? Can we, for example, um, limit when we scroll through our smartphones? Can we perhaps cut down on some of that Netflix or whatever fix <laughs> you might be watching on TV. Might you be able to use a portion of that time again, maybe reading the Bible or praying for somebody or reading other Christian books or spending that time with family or bringing a friend into that mix of through prayer triplets. A really helpful thing to have. Maybe you can approach a couple of your friends and see if you can carve out some time during the week just to pray for each other, to support each other. You know, they say it takes them up to three weeks to form new habits. And so uh, I want to encourage you this week to think about what's that one thing you can do that's going to really enable you to focus more purposefully on the Lord Jesus and his heart. Maybe something I've said, perhaps there's another technique, there's something else you might find useful. You know, one size doesn't fit all. But whatever it might be, can I encourage us as individuals, as a community of believers here, to prayerfully seek the Lord this week and ask him to show us what's that one thing we can do that's going to really help nurture our walk with the Lord. So that we're also distracted by the things of the world. As Jesus says, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. But Jesus is that ultimate treasure. Only He can satisfy. Let me close with these words from a very well known hymn. Um, I'm sure most of you will know it. I'm going to sing it. But the chorus goes like this 
It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let me just close with a word of prayer. Loving Lord, thank you so much for your scriptures. Thank you so much that you so long for us to be growing more and more in our knowledge and depth of not of understanding, but in our walk with you. Lord, there's so much more that you want to give us. You want to fill us with yourself. And we're so sorry for the time that other stuff comes in and fills that space which so rightfully belongs to you in our lives. Well, Lord, please be by your Holy Spirit. Speak to each one of us. Lord, show us the things that are cluttering our lives. Show us how we can get rid of that and give us the grace to take action. Lord, we know it's hard and we lots of things that pull us away from you. But we thank and praise you that in and through you we have the victory and that you can help us to grow closer to you as we draw 